you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. What's up, what's up, what's up? How are we doing? How are we doing? And welcome to episode 114, episode 114 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I am your host and favorite Boston Celtics season ticket holder, Timmy G. How's everyone doing? Hope you had a delightful weekend. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And as you know, I'm part of the Big Night Media team. We just released some brand new Banner Banter Podcast merchandise, so make sure you go to BigNightShop.com. Click on Big Night Media. You'll see Banner Banter Podcast. Click that. Get yourself some hats. Hoodies, t-shirts, crewnecks, long sleeves, raincoats, whatever you need, the Banner Branch Podcast merchandise has it for you. And don't forget to check out all the other great stuff over at Big Night Media, like the Smile It's Kyle vlog, Before I Go with JD. They just announced a new podcast. I'm the promoter. He's the DJ with Jeff London and DJ Jason Smith. That will be coming out soon. Check that out. And then you get all the other ones. Burnt Toast. Eat the Damn Cake. Let's Get Rich Podcast. Those girls you know. Drinks After Work, and The Marky P Show. I will be on The Marky P Show this week. Marky P and I work together over at Big Night Live, so that's going to be a lot of fun. That's available on all platforms, including YouTube. He records that one, so you get to see my ugly-ass face on YouTube, which makes me uncomfortable. But that's okay. Here we are. That's that. Those are all the uh, the shameless plugs. So let's get into a very up-and-down week. For the Boston Celtics, they go 2-2 two and two this week. They lose to the Mavs 110-107 thanks to a ridiculous Luka Doncic step-back three-pointer. They lose to the Hawks 127-122. They beat the Pacers 118-112. to And then they beat the Wizards last night 111-110. to They are currently 17-17 and on the season, currently tied for fifth in the East with the Miami Heat and a couple other teams. They're only a half game out of the four seed. And it's basically 76ers, Nets, bucks and then a shit show that's basically how the eastern conference standings are looking right now so before we get into it i know mike gorman wick grosbeck they hopped on 98.5 the sports hub mike gorman talked to toucher and rich wick grosbeck talked to felger and maz and a lot of interesting things were said for starters mike gorman went after jalen brown and jason tatum saying they really weren't playing team basketball and his point of view was the reason why the celtics you know are what they are right now is because of those two and he was hopeful that now that both of them reach their all-star status and they'll be able to show off their individual talents in the all-star game, that they'll be able to play like a team after the all-star break, which, you know, it, it could be right. It, it really could be. And I, I hope that's the case. Uh, I'm very happy for Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum got announced that they will be in the all-star game this upcoming weekend, and I'm thrilled for them. I, I hope they thrive. I hope they do great. I know they will. Jason Tatum got announced as a starter. So because Kevin Durant is no longer playing in the game, Sabonis will be the fill-in 
for the injury, just like Devin Booker out west is filling in for Anthony Davis. So that's going to be really cool how it's how it's all going to work out. The draft is going to be this Thursday. Kevin Durant is still going to be the team captain for the one of the all-star teams, and then the LeBron, of course, will be the captain for the other team. So it'll be interesting to see who drafts who. So I'm happy for Jalen Brown. I'm happy for Jason Tatum. I love Mike Gorman. I agreed with some of the stuff that Mike Gorman said, but at the same time, I feel like he just put it all on the players, and Brad Stevens is part to blame too. There's no doubt about it. And then Wick Grosbeck, he went on Felger and Maz, and he stood by Danny Ainge and Brad Stevens. So for all those people out there that are still saying, oh my God, it's Brad Stevens' fault. Oh my God, why does Brad do this? Oh my God, why does Brad do that? I understand why you're upset with Brad Stevens. I don't think Brad Stevens should be fired, but for those people that do think Brad Stevens is fired, and if you keep complaining, you're literally yelling into empty space. Because as of right now, Wick Grosbeck said that he is very happy with Danny, which is up for debate, and he's very happy with Brad. So for those that want to get rid of Danny and want to get rid of Brad, you're literally yelling into empty space. So you could say, hey... Maybe the media just needs to stay more for Wick to change his mind. I don't think Wick's a guy like that. I, we, I, we had him on. He's a very nice guy. I love him as an owner for the Boston Celtics, but I don't think you know, Stephen A. Smith or Felger and Maz are really changing the mind of Wick Grosbeck to get rid of Danny Ainge or Brad Stevens. So I thought all the comments were very interesting. I thought all of them were fair, but I also feel like everyone deserves blame in this. And however you think... Reason number one should be the most blame. Reason number two should be the second most blame. We all have our differences. Some people think it's Brad. Some people think it's the system. Some people think it's the roster. Some people think it's the players on the roster. Whatever the case may be. But for right now, Danny Ainge, Brad Stevens are staying put. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum made the all-star team. And for those of you that missed it, episode 113, you get a full breakdown of my of my thoughts on the second half schedule the Celtics have a lot of home games. The Celtics are in the bottom five in the league in with the least amount of home games. At one point, they're on a seven-game home stretch. That's going to be vital. It's going to be at the end of March. They don't have a lot of long road trips, so I, I really think the second half of the season will be good. This team obviously needs a break, and listen, every team needs a break, to be honest. This schedule has been bananas to play this many games this quickly, to play you know four games and five nights. It's or five games and seven nights, whatever the case may be, it's bananas how, how this is. I mean, you can see how exhausted Jason Tatum is. You can see how exhausted Jalen Brown is. Because personally, I don't want Jalen Brown to play in the All-Star game, but it's in Atlanta. It's his hometown state. I get it. I hope he plays. Limited, limited minutes. I do not want another Kemper Walker situation, especially the fact that Jalen has knee tendonitis. He was out last night versus the Wizards. I think they just did that out of caution, which is perfectly fine. I accept that. I agree with it. But... This Celtics team needs Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to play at 110 billion percent going forward. Hopefully Marcus Smart comes back after the All-Star break, so that will be an added boost. Maybe Danny does some some trade stuff. Who knows? But whatever the case may be, the second half of the season, if I could speak English, it is very early in the morning that I'm recording this, so maybe my brain is just saying, nope, not ready to do this, bud. The second half of the season is going to be a good thing for the Boston Celtics, I think. Do I think it's going to be better than 17 and 17? I do. But what you need this team to be doing is you need this team to be playing well in May. And if this team can play well in May and get on fire in the right time, maybe they can be like the Heat again. Maybe, you know, like right now they're the tied for the fifth seed. The fifth seed last year in the East made it to the NBA Finals. 
it's not an ideal situation to be in in any way, shape, or form. But if the Celtics continue to play well, grow as a team, and they start getting on fire in May, we got some good things coming ahead. So why don't we recap some of the games this week, the good, the bad, the ugly. We'll do sudden dead of the week, and then we'll preview the upcoming week as well. Only two games this week, and then I'll let you know how the All-Star game is working out. Because it is I it is going to be cool to see G, you know, two guys from the Celtics. Because when you think about it, sure, it was cool to see Kemba and Jason Tatum at the All-Star game last year. But to see two guys that we've drafted grow up right in front of our eyes in the All-Star game, that is really, really cool. And just like it was cool to see you know Rondo and KG and Ray Allen and per- uh, no, not Perk, uh, Paul Pierce all at the All-Star game back in the day, that was really, really cool. The fact that... You know, there's only 12 guys in the All-Star team, and four of them were Celtics players back in the day. That was that was really, really cool. So let's start off with the Mavs recap. Uh, no KP6, no Kleber for the Mavs. Jalen obviously was excited to make the All-Star game, and it showed he played very well to start the game, and the team went 6-7 to seven to start the game. So you're like, okay, maybe this is the little boost that this team needed. Jalen made the All-Star team. Now he wants to prove everyone that he is an All-Star. And... I love the couple sets that Brad Stevens set up. He set a little high-low screen action, and it got Jalen and Jason in the post. And we all know that I love Jason Tatum in the post. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I think he's so good at it. I think he's has so many different options from there. So I thought that was a great play by Brad Stevens from that end. But then they kind of went away from that for a little bit, and the Celtics allowed the Mavs to go on a 12-4 run. Really not ideal. Neither team played defense at all in the first half. It was absolutely brutal. But in the final five minutes of the second quarter, the Celtics played some defense. They were they were able to take the lead over, and it, it was good to see. The other thing that was really good to see, even though he's exhausted, Jason Tatum showed signs of his great defense from last year because I think one of the biggest improvements from Jason Tatum being able to score the ball as much as he did last year was the fact that his defense was so good. He really became a good two-way player like the Kawhi Leonard's, the Paul George's, the LeBron James's of the world. I'm not comparing him to LeBron James in any way, shape, or form. I'm just talking about good two-way players in the NBA that can play very, very well on both ends. He blocked Luka twice uh, to end this the first half, which was great. Um, and I loved how Peyton Pritchard, even though he's slowly coming along from this injury, I still think he's a little bothered by this injury. I thought Peyton Pritchard had a nice week, uh, and it's very important because Kemba, this, I think the Celtics have six or seven back-to-backs, if I remember correctly. I haven't memorized the schedule yet, so my apologies there, but I think they have seven back-to-backs. So out of the 36 games that they have in the second half of the season, Kemba's out for seven of them. So someone like Peyton Pritchard has to step up, and he carried the team with Kemba, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum not really showing up in that second quarter. Really couldn't get the the ball going or the offense rolling, but Peyton Pritchard kind of saved the day a little bit. Shemi Ojale, he also had some sneaky good minutes in there too, so that was nice to see. So then in the third quarter, Celtics came out in a 7-0 run. You're feeling good, but then at the same time, you're like, they're going to blow this. We all know it. And it was nice to see that Tristan Thompson was the one that set the tone early with a lot of energy, a lot of physicality, a lot of offensive rebounds. You'd love to see that. Everything that Tristan Thompson did, probably minus defensively, was very, very good. But classic Celtics, they sucked ending the third quarter. But it, they kind of got came back to life. Kemba went on his own 5-0 run, so you're feeling good. And then the Mavs went on a 10-2 run, and basically the game was over after that. The Celtics shots in this game, not only in this game, and in the Hawks game the next night were shorter than an Oompa Loompa at the Willy Wonka Chocker Factory. They really were. Every single shot, no legs 
just and poor shot selection too. I mean, no matter how you looked at it, it wasn't ideal in any way, shape, or form. It every single shot was short. Some of them didn't even hit the rim. It was really, really bad from all from all aspects, especially from Kemba, Jalen, and Jason. It just was not good in any single way, shape, or form. So Jalen Brunson, good player from the Mavs, bench guy, Villanova guy, won a couple national championships, or at least one national championship. He dropped 13 points in the fourth quarter. Now, a basketball junkie like myself, I know who Jalen Brunson is, but someone like you know, if you're just an average basketball fan, you'd be like, who the hell is Jalen Brunson? Well, whoever the hell he is, he dropped 13 points in the fourth quarter. He played really, really well. But the Celtics were down double digits for about three minutes left, and they fought back. The All-Stars are on both teams, Luka, Jalen, Jason. They made some clutch shots. But in the end, the Luka step back won it for them. And here's the thing. That was a ridiculous shot by Luka. Absolutely absurd. He made a couple ridiculous shots in the final one minute of the game. Jalen made some nice layups. It was a really fun game to watch. But the positive about it is I did like the fight that I saw in the last three minutes. Now, where was that in the first nine minutes of the fourth quarter so we didn't have to deal with the stress of the last three minutes? I don't know, and that's why I said last week the Celtics are classic ADHD. But for some odd reason, I liked the fight. And I know... You can't really, you know, take a win if you lose. But I think a, a very good part was that this team fought. And I was feeling good going into that Hawks game because of the way that they fought. And I thought it was like a good moment for the team. And boy, oh boy, was I wrong. It did not help in any single way, shape, or form. So the Hawks don't have Cam Reddish. They don't have Bogdanovich. Kemba not playing for the Celtics. So Jeff Teague starts. So right then and there, you're like, oh, no. This, this can't be good because Jeff Teague hasn't played that great lately. And the defense started off well. I mean, they started off the game very, very well. I thought Trey Young couldn't do anything. I thought Jeff Teague played very, very good defense against Trey Young, and that's probably one of the reasons why he started because Brad Stevens talked about the last time these two teams played when they beat them two Fridays ago about, hey, Jeff Teague was probably our best defender on Trey Young, which is why he probably started. So it kind of makes sense why he did it. For those of you that want to fire Brad Stevens, you know, just look at what he said, and then he did it, and it's kind of worked out. But Trey Young went off, and he went on his own, like, 13-4 to run. But the Celtics fought back because of their transition, and I loved it because the Celtics would get a rebound and then just run. And that is what makes the Celtics good sometimes. Ball movement and beating the other teams down the floor. Don't let other teams set up their zone defense, their man-to-man defense, whatever whatever their defensive scheme is. If the Celtics allow teams to set up their defense, the offense isn't that great. But when they don't, good things can happen. But, again, the Celtics started missing shots again. And it was ridiculous. I mean, they couldn't hit a strip club in Atlanta. That's how many shots they were missing. It was ridiculous. They had no hoops in the last two minutes of the first. And then all of a sudden, hey, you know what? Why don't we allow the Hawks to go on a 20-0 run halfway through the second quarter so we can be down 20? And then Gallinari, unbelievable. That guy had a game, like, he was 8 of 8 from 3, 23 points before the end of the second quarter. Laughable. Absolutely laughable. The Celtics sucked. They couldn't do anything. The offense sucked. The rotation sucked. No effort on defense, and even Marcus Smart, who was traveling with the team, got a tee from the bench. Marcus Smart, a guy who's not even playing, is showing more energy than the guys on the floor. 
I understand it's the second night of a back-to-back. I understand it's been a long season. I understand maybe some people are tired because of COVID. I get it. Okay? You you could – all the excuses are understandable, but at the same time, you still got to go out and play basketball. And the Celtics did not do that in any way, shape, or form. So then in the third quarter, they kind of went back and forth. The Celtics looked good at times. Other times, they didn't. Jason couldn't hit a shot. Jalen showed no effort on defense at all, which was a joke. Like – I understand Jalen knees hurt. I understand Jalen's only missed two games so far in his career. And by the way, I really made someone angry the other night on Twitter. So with the Celtics beating the Wizards the other night and Jalen Brown not playing, the Celtics throughout Jalen Brown's career are 31-11 and when Jalen Brown doesn't play. I looked that up, thought it was interesting. People thought that I wanted Jalen Brown to be gone. Nope. Just thought it was an interesting little statistic. That's all. Nothing more, nothing less. But the crazy part about how bad the Celtics played, even though there were some flashes of some good, they actually won the third quarter. <laughs> like, of course, they can only win the third quarter when they're down a million points because, like, of course, absolutely ridiculous. But Gallinari hit 10 three-pointers. 10 three-pointers. The Celtics didn't even get to eight. That's how bad this was. So literally the 12, 10, 13, 9, whatever the case may be, the amount of players that played for the Celtics couldn't get as many three-pointers as Gallinari did. And I'll be honest, folks, this was the first time in a long time that I actually thought about shutting off a Celtics game. Now, let's be honest, I didn't because I'm a psychopath, but this was the first time in a really long time I said, mm-mm, no, I don't want to watch this anymore. But I did it. In my opinion, it was the most frustrating game of the year. It looked like everyone quit or just didn't care or just wanted to go home. And that's just not Celtics basketball at all. And I will say this. Jeff Teague played really, really, really well in this game. A really good game for him. And you could argue he was probably the second best player on the floor for them because Kemba also played well too. But, I mean, I'm sorry, not Kemba. Jalen actually had a reasonable game. But Jeff Teague was actually very good. And that kind of scared me because, you know, he's been playing so poorly before that. Is Brad going to, you know, give him more minutes, especially like a good team against the Pacers? Well, <laughs> let me tell you, Jeff Teague did that. And Jeff Teague played well again. I mean, this was a great win because the Celtics played up to good competition. I feel like one of the bigger issues this year is the Celtics are playing down to competition and playing up to good competition. Where last year, the Celtics said, if you're a bad team, we're going to destroy you. Last year, the Celtics were 31 in 99 against teams with below 500 records. This year, they're at 500. I think they're like 8-8 eight and eight or 9-8, and eight, somewhere around, or maybe even like 10-10. Ten and ten. It's, it's something like that. But they have a winning record against teams above 500. So they're clearly playing up to competition, playing down to competition. So what's crazy about the Eastern Conference and the standings is after the Hawks game, the Celtics were ninth. You could argue 10th. But they were technically ninth in the Eastern Conference standings. So they were out of the playoffs after the Hawks game. Because they won the Pacers game, they moved up to fifth. And now, since then, the Pacers are out of the playoffs. That's how crazy this is going to be. And the Pacers were the fourth seed going into this game on Friday night. Absolutely crazy. And the Celtics didn't start well at all. They started the game 1 of 8. They were down 18 of 4. Every single shot Tatum took was shorter than my niece, who is like 4 years old. Absolutely ridiculous. But... I like the way that the Celtics did attack Sabonis. Um, They got him into foul trouble early. They were physical with him, and I always beg and plead for that because I don't think Sabonis is that physical of a player. I don't think he likes that style at all. But off the bench was the Time Lord 
and Peyton Pritchard. They came in and changed this game around. Both were great. Their alley-oops, their pick-and-rolls, they're gelling very well together. And I know a lot of people want the Time Lord to start. But for right now, I am okay with the Time Lord coming off the bench and giving us that energy. If he keeps improving and keeps getting more minutes, because I'll be honest, this is something I can get Brad Stevens angry about. Time Lord only playing 14 minutes a game, 14, 15 minutes a game, ain't going to cut it. That guy needs to play 20 to 25 minutes a night. That's how much he changes things for this team. Energy on defense, offensively, you name it. And I'm going to talk about that in a little bit, or get more in depth with it in a little bit. But Shemi was okay too. He had a couple shots. And then Jeff Teague, he played well again. He played a lot of minutes. I mean, I think he had like three turnovers in this game. Okay, that's fine. But he dropped 14 points in a in a game that was very important for this team. So that was good. Uh, With that being said about the time Lord, just sorry, just one negative about him real quick. He can't defend in the post. I feel like he can't get up. There were a few times where Sabonis just got the ball and backed him down and would get these little baby hooks over him. And I feel like time Lord can't jump when someone's like, when someone's backing him down. And hopefully that can improve over time. But Sabonis got a, like four or five, maybe not not four or five hoops, but like four, six, maybe even eight points against the Time Lord just because he backed him down and Time Lord just couldn't jump quick enough to block a shot. But if you give Time Lord time to read the situation, he's going to block the shot. So hopefully the Celtics coaching staff can help the Time Lord improve getting up quicker when someone throws him down in the post because that's going to happen, especially with someone like Joel Embiid. You know, if we ever see the 76ers down the road in the playoffs, who knows? So I love the way the Celtics finished in uh, in the first half. They finished very strong. I love that. Then the next thing you know, to start the third quarter, everything that I've asked for, and I'm sure maybe everything, every, everything, 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 what happened to my mouth right there? My God, that was so weird. But anyways, everything that Brad Steven wants, everything that probably the, the rest of the coaching staff wants, everything that I want, finally happened. They played defense, they moved the ball, and they played as a team. And next thing you know, they have a 10-point lead. And then it stopped. And this is where I don't understand where it stops. It's not like Brad Stevens is telling them to stop. So is it the players? Like, I don't understand how they can defend, move the ball around, score some easy hoops, get a 10-point lead, and then it just stops. So that's why I think it's more on the players than Brad. It's not like Brad's just like, all right, well, we get a 10-point lead, so why don't we just change the offense around? You know, that that part to me is very, very weird. But, hey, it doesn't matter because Brad Stevens is staying, Danny Ainge is staying because the owner thinks that, you know, they're good and all that. So the Pacers creep back into the game, and then thankfully Tatum hit a huge three at the end of the third quarter with, like, less than 30 seconds left. But then, of course, classic Celtics, they allow a 9-0 run in the fourth quarter. And then Kemba picked up an offensive foul, the bench rised up. The bench was great. I felt like this was a very team, like everyone was happy for each other, which was great because you feel like maybe this team doesn't like each other. They don't like playing for each other, but the bench was very active. They were loud. They were celebrating after good plays. Kemba picked up an offensive foul. The bench went nuts, and then Kemba went on his own 6-0 run after that. It's crazy what happens when you play a little bit of good defense. And then the Celtics didn't let the the Pacers chip, you know, get after him, they defended, they scored when it mattered, they played clutch basketball, which could be big going down the road. And it was a great win over a very good team. The Pistons are a good team. They've dealt with injuries. They've dealt with COVID. Every single team has dealt with COVID. I think there's only like three teams in the league that haven't dealt with COVID. I think it's the Lakers, the Clippers, and I think the Nets. I know Kevin Durant has, but like 
as a team, you know, like the Spurs had to shut it down. The Raptors currently are shutting it down. I'll talk about that in a little bit. The Celtics had to shut it down. A lot of teams in the league are shutting it down. But the two, it's very shocking the two LA teams uh, have not. Uh, the Wizards game last night, that was a great win. Uh, 111 to 110. Obviously, you know, you shouldn't beat the Wizards uh, by just one. You should be able to beat them by 10 or 11. But with that being said, ever since the Celtics lost to them a couple weeks ago, the Pacers, I mean the Pacers, sorry, the Wizards have won like 7 out of 8, 7 out of their last 10. They're playing some very good basketball. In the last 10 games, Russell Westbrook's averaging a triple-double. Absolutely ridiculous. And guess what? Now the Celtics don't have Jalen Brown. They rested him for right knee soreness, which I mentioned earlier. Might be a good call for them. We'll we'll see the next time uh, that Jalen Brown plays. But both teams suck shooting the ball early. I'll tell you that right now. Wide open shots were missed by both teams. Thankfully, Bradley Beal missed a few shots, like a f- actually a few layups. Bonja missed at least five or six wide open three pointers in the second half. Thank God he missed all of them because that helped the Celtics. But Kemba was very active early. He got six points in seven minutes. The defense was challenging shots. We haven't seen that in a while. Tatum finally got going in the first quarter, which is something we probably haven't seen since Vietnam. Uh, that was also nice to see. But and at the same time, kind of nervous because I didn't. Jason Tatum's exhausted, and I didn't want him to get nerve. You know. Get, for him to get tired early because you knew if this team needed anyone in the fourth quarter, if Kemba didn't have a great game, I mean, Kemba played well. He's now scored 20-plus points in three straight games, so it sounds like Kemba Walker is finally getting back to his old self, which is huge for this team. You know, another important part of the second half, Marcus Smart coming back, Kemba Walker getting back to maybe his all-star self, Jalen Brown being healthy, and Jason Tatum getting some rest and a lot of home games. So those are all important things going forward for the Boston Celtics, but... uh, I was just nervous, just really nervous that Tatum got going in that first quarter. I was, I was afraid that he was going to take up too much energy, and then when they needed a scorer in the, uh, a scorer in the fourth quarter, uh, it wasn't going to help. And uh, he's uh, the other thing that's annoying about Jason Tatum is he's talking about doing more stuff in the All Star game. Like, dude, you're exhausted. Don't do anything else. Like, he's thinking about doing the three point contest. That takes up so much of your legs. The energy that you have to put in your legs in the three-point contest is ridiculous. And Jason Tatum's like, yeah, I'm thinking about doing it. No, just take the rest, bud. Like, I know you're only 19 years old, but like, oh, my God. It's kind of annoying. But Berton's got some open shots. He scored like nine points in the first three minutes, and that was that was crazy. But the thing that was the craziest thing in the world was there were so many free throws. There were 26 free throws in the first quarter between these two teams. Absolutely ridiculous. And then in the second quarter, with about seven and a half minutes to go, the Celtics were in the bonus. So many fouls. It was absolutely ridiculous. And then in the second quarter, the refs were like, yeah, we're just going to put the whistles away. It was so inconsistent. And I'm not blaming the officials in any way, shape, or form. But, like, it was so inconsistent. It was ridiculous. Uh, what else happened in that second? Oh, yeah, Jason Tatum had a filthy, just absolutely just dunked right on Robin Lopez. Celtics going in the second half. Had 60 points. And whenever the Celtics score 60 points or more, they're 12 and 2 as a team this season. Ba da ba ba ba. I'm loving that. So, again, ball movement. Everyone gets involved. Everyone scores their baskets. Open shots. You score 60 points, you're 12 and 2. That's good to know. Good to know. But, of course, the second half started off poorly. So many turnovers. Even though the Celtics got like a double digit lead and they played awful, the Wizards played even worse. Like, for real. They played so, so bad. But in the Celtics had five turnovers in the first six minutes, just absolutely putrid. 
But the Wizards kept chipping away, chipping away, and then Grant Williams came in, and I wanted to die. And next thing you know, they took the lead. And Brad's rotations were definitely questionable in this game because I understand why Jeff T has gotten some minutes. He played very well in the Hawks game. He played very well in the Pacers game. So I understand why Jeff T is getting a little bit more minutes than what he's usually getting. But not seeing Aaron Neesmith in this game where I thought Aaron Neesmith played pretty well in his first actual <clears throat> real stint in the NBA against the Wizards a couple weeks ago where I think he played like 25 minutes. I feel like Aaron Neesmith deserves to to get some more time and I was shocked to not see him out there and that's definitely something that people should be questioning Brad Stevens on like I don't think Jeff Teague made him lose the game in any way shape or form but like throw Aaron Neesmith out there throw some new energy out there give the kid a couple minutes like it's it's not that big of a deal but fourth quarter uh just you're down a bucket you started off with a turnover just not great Wizards go up seven with like three to go Celtics claw back again with like three minutes left. The team just said, you know what? Screw this. We're going to go all out. And the Celtics did. Daniel Tice went on a 6-0 run all by himself. They The Wizards would trap Kemba off of a double team. Or obviously when you trap someone, it's double team. Off of a pick and roll. So Tice would set a pick. And both defenders, Tice's defender and Kemba's defender, would trap him. And Daniel Tice was wide open at the free throw line. And Daniel Tice free throw line jumpers, those will make me happy. And he went on a 6-0 run. And because of that, with like that actually helped them cut down the lead. And the Tatum made two huge buckets. Shemi Ojolade made a huge three-pointer to the point he missed a couple before. And I don't even think Bradley Beal attacked him. And Bradley Beal was like, this guy's not going to make it. And he did, and that was huge. And then they forced a turnover on Bradley Beal. He fell over. Probably could have been a foul. Probably would have been a foul in the first or second quarter. They didn't call a foul. He fell out of bounds. And then the Celtics did a great job trapping him with four seconds left in the corner. He missed the shot. Celtics win 111-110. Now, before we go into sudden dead of the week, let me just tell you this right now. I love Bradley Beal. I love Bradley Beal so much. I would do anything for Bradley Beal to be on this team. Would I trade Jalen Brown? I don't know. Would I trade Jason Tatum? Well, no. But I'm telling you, you want to give up Kemba, you want to give up Marcus Smart to get Bradley Beal on this team, and then throw 22 first-round picks, fine. I love Bradley Beal. He's so good. But anyways, let's talk about stud and dud of the week. So hit the music, please. Let go. And now, it is time for the Celtics stud and the Celtics dud of the week. Alright, here we go. Episode 114, Stud and Dud of the Week. The stud is Robert Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord. He may not do everything in the stat sheet that makes you happy, but energy-wise, what he has brought to this team off the bench has been absolutely phenomenal. And we all know, if you've been listening to this podcast from day one, I am Team Time Lord. I knew he wasn't going to be something overnight. Had to be patient. A lot of people thought he was stupid, wanted to get rid of him, couldn't play at the NBA level, etc., etc. But he is starting to change games for this Boston Celtics team. Teams have to defend the pick and roll differently because of... I mean, he had a dunk against the Wizards where... I, was it Teague or Peyton? I think it was Teague, but I'm going to go with Peyton. Peyton threw it up literally to the North Pole, and the Time Lord just caught it and just slammed it. He is so good at catching the ball. Teams have to def- change their defense. It's really good. 
I love seeing him improve so much. And to be honest with you, they don't win that Pacers game without the Time Lord. 14 points, 11 rebounds. The Time Lord may not stuff the stat sheet. He may have 6 points, 8 rebounds, 3 blocks. May not be the end of the world, but off the bench, that is very important for a team that doesn't have the greatest bench in the world. So Robert Williams, welcome back. Keep this up. Play well for these next couple games. Brad will give you more minutes in the second half. Get your rest and be ready to go, young man. Now, I don't know if you're going to be starting anytime soon, and that should not matter to you because if you're finishing in the fourth quarter when the game is tight, that is more important if you start the game. All right? I don't know if you're listening, but if you are, I'm a fan of yours. Keep it up. You, If you keep improving, you're going to go a long, long way in, in this league. And the debt of the week even though he was absolutely phenomenal and the reason why they won the Wizards game is Jason Tatum. I know he's exhausted. The kid's wiped. He admitted COVID's affecting him. Other players reached out to him about it. I get it. But here's the thing. You got to give us some more in these minutes. I mean, that Hawks game, he had one rebound. One rebound from Jason Tatum. That is so unacceptable. It makes me want to vomit. I think he was like 1 of 8 or 1 of 10 to start. Like, it was so bad what Jason Tatum did in that game. Thinking about it, thinking about Jason Tatum's performance in the Hawks game is literally like someone that just doesn't want to be on a team anymore. Jason Tatum, between the Hawks game and the Pacers game, was a combined 8 of 38 he played okay against the Mavs, but Jason Tatum was 4 of 18 and then 4 of 20. One rebound against the Hawks. Unbelievable. That's not all-star type stuff. And I'm I'm not trying to be Mike Gorman here and blame him or any way, shape, or form, but he obviously didn't have a great week, and people don't have a great week, but you got, we're going to need a little bit more from Jason Tatum every once in a while. That's That's for damn sure. So... I really hope Jason Tatum can get the rest that he needs. I really hope he realizes that like he doesn't have to score the ball every single time down the floor. Like if Jason Tatum can give us 25 points, 10 rebounds, and 6 assists versus shooting 4 of 20 and only getting 1 rebound, this team can go a long way for sure. So Jason Tatum didn't have a great week. That's okay because he didn't play that great against the Hawks, didn't play that great against the Pacers, and then he stepped up when it mattered against the Wizards and that is what a true all-star does. So Jason Tatum gets the dead of the week, minus one game, and the Time Lord is your stud of the week. So let's preview the upcoming week for the Boston Celtics. They have two games before the all-star break. Not a, It's not going to be a long all-star break like usual. Like their last game's the 4th, their next game's the 11th. So the NBA is really trying to push this to make sure that the players can get ready for the Olympics and then kind of go back on track with their normal schedule of you know playing in october and december and october november and december and things like that so they play the clippers on tuesday night at td garden at 7 30 on tnt and then they play the raptors on thursday at 7 p.m at the garden so the all-star game is sunday the 7th the skills challenge and the three-point contest is actually before the game so usually what the nba does is you know you have all-star saturday night you have the skills challenge, three-point contest, dunk contest, a couple other cool things, a couple of musical performances. But because the NBA is so strict with the COVID stuff, they don't want people in Atlanta for too long. The reason why they are going to Atlanta is because of TNT. TNT is in Atlanta. That way, 
you know, they don't have to carry all their equipment across the world. It was a smart decision by the NBA. They're not letting players go to any parties. You're in, you're out. You fly in, you suit up, you fly out. That's how it's going to work. So the skills and three-point challenge will actually be before the game. The game starts at 8 p.m. So you figure maybe like 5.30, check out TNT. They'll do a little pregame show. Then they'll do the skills challenge, the three-point contest. And then at halftime will be the slam dunk contest. Rumor is Zion Williamson will be in the dunk contest, and that will be really, really cool. But... More importantly, let's focus on the two games that they have this week between the Clippers and the Raptors. Clippers, what do you have to do to be a healthy Clippers team? For the most part, all you got to do is make sure that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum match the great play of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. The Clippers are on a very long road trip right now. I believe this will be their fourth game in less than a week on the road. They lost to the Bucks yesterday by five. That was a very good game. And, you know, you, you got to get on Nicholas Batum right away. Nicholas Batum is a shooter. Kawhi and Paul George attract so much attention that they drive and kick. Batum's just sitting there waiting. They got to be more physical with Zubak, and they got to match the intensity of Patrick Beverly. Please, 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 Celtics, please be aware of Serge Ibaka and his pick and pop game. Not a pick and roll, but a pick and pop. That's when you set a screen and then pop backwards, and Serge Ibaka can hit some three pointers, and that's where he was so good against the Celtics in the bubble in that second round seven game series against the Raptors. So, definitely a winnable game. They already beat the Clippers this year, and I think they could do it again for sure. But Kemba's going to have to play well, and a lot of everyone else is going to have to play well. Time Lord's going to have to play well. Peyton, it's going to have to be a full team effort. Just like that Pacers win, it's going to have to be something like that to beat this Clippers team. That's for damn sure. The Clippers are very, very good. And then as far as the Raptors game, this game might not happen due to COVID-19 with Siakam and the coaching staff having COVID or contact tracing, whatever the case may be. So Siakam is out until after the break, so they won't have him. So that's obviously a positive for the Celtics, but since he does have COVID, hope him and his family are healthy and get past and get through it. The other night, the the top six coaches for the Raptors, Nick Nurse and the five guys underneath him, couldn't coach due to the contact tracing with Siakam. They had to cancel their game versus the Bulls yesterday because they didn't have enough players, so we'll see what happens four or five days later. You know, as always, you got to be aware of Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Fleet, Norman Powell. If they don't have Siakam, I'm not worried about anyone else on that team minus them. Lowry, Van, uh, Van Fleet, and Powell. Those are the only guys you really have to worry about. I'm not worried about, you know, Davis, Ananobi, Baines. I'm not worried about any of those guys. The self- and here's the other thing. The Celtics have to feel confident. They beat this team twice already this year. That is a good thing for this Boston Celtics team for sure, without a shadow of a doubt. So hopefully the Celtics can beat the Clippers, beat the Raptors, and go into the All-Star break on a four-game winning streak, feel really good about themselves, get away from each other, take a little break, come back, and let's get at it for the second half of the season. So that's it for episode 114 of the Banner Banter Podcast. I really appreciate you listening. As always, you can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. So thanks again for tuning in. Have a great week. Please be safe. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.